So, just before we start episode 5 of the Marts World podcast, you may remember that last week we had all sorts of technical problems with our new equipment. Well, this week is no different, mainly because we recorded this episode the same day as the last one. So, nobody has any headphones, people are fiddling with pens and coffee cups, and you can even hear the clock on the wall ticking. But, we did manage to point some microphones at Gemma and Scott, sitting at the end of the table, so we can hear them properly this week. So, let's just jump right into it. Here we are again, welcome to the Mars World Podcast. We've got a new topic for this week, and I'm joined by <laughs> Alan, whose name I forgot last week. Chris, Carl, Gemma and Scott, who's looking bored to death that we haven't started yet. No. So, Chris has got another subject for us. Chris, what is it? Uh, so, how do I put it? Stereotypically, the man is meant to pay, or is, it's kind of expected for the man to pay on a first date, which I don't agree with. I think that's just rubbish. It should be half and half, and it should be like that, because that's what a relationship is at the end of the day, it's half and half. Oh, nicely put. You can tell he's just got married. Can't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, well, well, do you think that it should be the man always paying? Because I know you, you, Martin, you you would pay for your first date, because it's yeah, an old traditional. But would, would, if you went out with a woman, would you want her to expect it, or would you think that it would be better for her just to kind of offer to pay half, and then you still go? Because I'm old school, as we discussed the other day, uh, and we were always sort of the way we we were brought up was like the guy would always pay for everything. It was just that's the way it was. You didn't know any difference. You never questioned it because that's just the way it was. Um, yeah, I've still got that sort of way of thinking where I'm thinking, well, yeah, it's just it's down for me to pay. Having said that, if I was if I was asked out by a woman. Nowadays, the way it is where it's all equality and women make such a fuss if you do something that's sort of inclined towards a masculine sort of trait, such as, no, 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 it's for me to pay. It's like, well, okay, but now you're being old school. I don't want to be criticised for that. And I try, I want to be up with the times, but it's inbred into me to be sort of old school. So I don't know, I haven't decided on that one. I think I'd have to play it by the situation and sort of say, okay, yeah, well, she's probably going to expect me to pay, so... So I'll pay as long as it doesn't come to more than about eight quid. <laughs> if she's ordering a lobster, she can piss off. Well, yeah, that's where it came from. It was that story. Oh, I saw that story. Yeah, where she she ordered a hundred and ten dollars worth of stuff and then expected him to pay at the end, right, yeah. and he would only pay for his twenty dollar meal, and that's it. All right, that's okay. fair. And she did kick off about him asking. Massively so. And said that she didn't want to go on a date with him, but. A lot of people criticised her for saying, I don't want to go on a date with you again because I paid for half my meal. Now, I'm on the fence with this one because at the end of the day, a person chooses somebody they want to be in a relationship based on their personal preference. She could generally be looking for that old school sort of traditional relationship where the man is the provider and a woman is a homemaker. That doesn't mean that it's acceptable for all women but that is what she is looking for from a relationship, so I don't think she should have been slated as much for that. I do, on the other hand, think that women in this day and age should go on to a date expecting to pay at least 50% of the meal or the date. If the man offers to pay and the woman's willing to accept that, that's absolutely fine. But I do think women should expect to pay 50%. If they then have to pay and that's not something that they're looking for in a relationship, they're well within their right to say, I don't want to go on a date with you again because 
that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the traditional man is a provider, man is the caregiver, I'm going to be a homemaker. Which is fine if you don't order $110 worth of <laughs> yeah. lobster and champagne. I mean, no, just... no, I agree with that. I agree she should have gone on to the date with the expectation because of the day and age we live in, it is equality and you know it is the right thing to do. She should have gone into that date expecting to pay minimum of 50%, maximum of everything, anywhere sort of in between. And then after that date, she should have been able to make the decision whether or not it was suitable for her. Scott, you're very quiet there. And single, may I point out? Yeah. <laughs> I still say it's 50-50. Should be. 100%. Because there's uh, all circumstances as well, though. Like, uh, other, other women should at least offer of the gesture that she's going to pay. And you'd accept that? Depends what it is. Like, if, if I was in like, the restaurant and I was like, and I had the money and I, was, and I, I, I asked that person to come out with me, I would feel obligated, like, and I knew for what she couldn't afford it, then yeah, that'd be down to me. I'd say, yeah, I, I'll pay for that. I don't I, think no. who asked who should be a factor in yes. that decision. I don't think it should be. Surely it's the same principle if you went out with a mate. If you asked him out, then should you pay for that, that meal? Yeah. Speaking of someone who goes out with Scott a lot, yes, he should. <laughs> <laughs> and do you pay for meals? Yeah, I do. When we're going out? <laughs> yeah. Where are we going? Can I have the lobster? <laughs> I would always offer. Yeah, it's nice to offer. I, I, like women, I don't think it should be unheard of of a woman to offer. But I do still think the payment system is on personal preference. Some men, even I say, like some women want the man to be a caregiver. Some men want to be that traditional person of yeah. I am true. the man of the relationship. It's quite popular. I yeah. want to be that caregiver. And even Martin said, it's ingrained in him. He's traditional. Some well, men don't want their the wives day. to work even to yeah. the point where they're more than happy to spend their time working for to come home to a meal and a clean house. Mm. Some men love it. Some women love it. Let them carry on. I know that it's the, it's the equality of opportunity. That woman is within well within her rights to go off and get a job if she so wants to. And if that's part of their relationship, then fine. But if... She wants to stay home and he wants to work. Well, years carry ago, on. right, it used to work fine, whereas the, the, the husband was the guy going out to work and the wife was at home cooking the food and looking after the kids and that sort of thing. And it was fine. Nobody had a problem with it. There was no issues. Nobody complained. And all of a sudden, then, they turned around with this. Um, it seemed to suddenly appear where they said, oh, that's terrible. You've got to have equality. Women should have the right to go to work and women should have the right to do this. Well, they always did have. It was just like it was tradition that it was done a particular way and nobody complained about it and there was no problems with it. Where did that tradition start from then? I've no why, idea. I wasn't why, around then. Why did it start in the first place? Wouldn't you? <laughs> 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 yeah, but why, why did it happen in the first place? Why, why was it even... I mean, society has always been pretty sexist. Mm. Yeah. I think it's all pre-war though because yeah. I think at the point of sort of World War II, and this is way before my time, but at the point before World War II, it was very traditional, and, and women were seen a little bit less. But then when World War Two or One, whatever happened, all of the men shipped out to war. A lot, well, not all. A lot of the men shipped out to war. It was the women that actually run the factories. It was yeah. the women that yeah. made the bombs. That's it true. Was the women. It is, yeah. And it, I think that is that turning point of actually, the women can do it. They more than capable. 
they've proven they can do it and i think that's the point where women felt empowered and that is the turning point of where women started to really well, it was, yeah, it was the wars go out into the world of work. To the suffragette movement, wasn't it? So mm. were, they I were, think yeah. men were earning more money as well at the time. Men do still earn more yeah, money. Yeah, still do. But that was one of the things that perhaps kicked it off as well. See, this is all, this is all rotating around equality. And you had a good point there, is that... I've never understood this. There's been a lot of um, thing lately. It's been a big thing about women should be getting paid for doing the same job. Absolutely, they should be paid. It should be irrelevant whether it's a man or a woman. If somebody's doing a particular job, whether there's a bloke there and a woman there doing exactly the same job, then they should be getting paid exactly the same money. Should. I've never understood why there should be an issue with it. It's the way they Does do the statistics. Mean? It's not per job role, like take an hour job, for example. We're all paid the same. There's no difference based on your gender. They do it across the board so they take the national average and say well on average men get paid more than mm. women mm. but that doesn't take into the types of jobs but why if, that if men the pay should be equal the retirement age isn't why is it that a woman's retirement age is less than a man's when they work in the exact same job well that's what i was about to say now statistically <coughs> some of the pay gap is statistically for some reason women are a lot less likely to negotiate their wage when they go into a job a man will and try and negotiate their wage. Women tend not to. That's an issue there. But I do agree with that in terms of retirement ages. Also, like, I don't know if they're, if you're on the Titanic, if a boat sinks. It's always women and children first. That's rubbish. Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> Let the women and the children off. I think we've changed from that one now. Uh, yeah. No, I think a lot of things. A lot of things. It is the same. Women well, and children. Like for bank well, well. they're getting paid that little bit extra because you know they are. Because if something goes wrong, we're more like yeah. die first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like if someone came in, it's like if you're with, if you like, if you take a woman on a date, for example, if an axe murderer comes towards you, the guy pushes. They, that she's going to look at you, and you're going to go, "Oh, great! I'm the one that's going to get my limbs taken off first. Mm-hmm. Well, Gemma's been to lifting class today, so we'd be pushing her in the front to protect us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. I can assure you that this seat was no mistake. I'm perfectly positioned between both doors. <laughs> That's why we put Al in the world. <laughs> yeah. Would the situation be the same now then? If we were all on the ship now, and we had an alarm comes over the, the thing saying, right, everybody off the boat, because it's... Yeah, Gemma would be the first one off the boat. just did an iceberg. I'd be the first one off the boat, but not because you left me, eh? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're from Batalbot. Yeah, because I'm from Batalbot. <laughs> I'm against the sneaky elbow to the face to get myself off that boat first. Throwing off the boat, yeah. <laughs> it's a survival thing, though, isn't it? There's always been, I suppose, if we take all the women and the children, that's the safety net for making sure that things progress mm. in a natural way. You don't need an equal amount of men to women if you take all the women and children. You can just have a couple of guys. To impregnate them all. Yeah, in a, you know, in a worst case scenario, <laughs> you don't you don't <laughs> need the strongest men to carry on the gene pool. The rest of us would just fizzle out. So that's why they always take the women and the children, and then a select few men, and the lucky buggers will get to continue the uh, the population. Is that is that the is idea that behind it? Lucky? That's that's why I would interpret it to be yeah. at least. I think that is the idea behind it. I thought it was like a traditional thing stemming back hundreds of years where the women and the kids were just weak and puny and helpless. And yeah, I, I thought they need to be protected more. I think it is a mixture more. of the yeah. both. And I think back in those days, women did look after the children. Yeah. Men didn't really look after yeah. the kids. It was no. the women that It was kind of women and children as a package rather than singular. Yeah. 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 So it was more sending the kids, which are the future of... The kids you can understand. Humanity. Yeah, the kids. And yeah. the women go with the kids because the women look after the kids. 
Yeah, to be fair, if I'm scared, I want my mum. So <laughs> <laughs> my mum can come with me on the boat. So would you guys then, right, if we're all on the boat now and they just said, right, this, this ship has just hit an iceberg, women and children first. Fuck you, I'm going on there now. <laughs> Are any of us going to stand up and say, hang on a minute, no, there's equality here? I'll be honest with you, Matt, you're last off the boat, mate. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot more life left to live. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel, Matt, Stand about being the, uh, standing on the bridge like that? It goes down. Saluting. Yeah, because in that situation, they would, the youngest go first, youngest women and children go first, men and older People I would agree the children would go first, though. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Children, yeah. Children, yeah. Every I don't think anybody's going to say kids <laughs> To be go fair, first. it's kind of an emergency situation. You can't go, right, how old are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How old are you doing in school? Got any degrees? Uh, back of the bus. <laughs> I, I think, to be fair, I would be helping people off. and yeah. I would be helping them. I'd be quite happy to stay there till the end and think, oh, I've done my bit, I've had my life. That's a noble thing to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I genuinely think I would. It's not going to get any better, though. <laughs> I wouldn't be one of the people who jumps on the boat, though. I don't think. No, I would be helping people. I like to think I would anyway. Until you face with it, you're never really going to know. And yeah. that's an interesting uh, question as well. But I'd like to show that I can get off mm. as well. Because a lot of men in that situation might opt to do exactly that. They would control the situation, help the women and the children on the boats, and sacrifice themselves but for the greater good. Day, so would women. Women might stop and help people on the boats. So it's not just the men that would be helping, it would be the women that help. So you can't say that they'd be off the first because they're going to help as well. The most That's important true. point would be I think we're back are. to the whole point of we're in a day and age where it's personal preference. It's mm-hmm. down to the person. It is not down to women as a collective and men as a collective. It's down to a person. It's about down to their personality, their preferences and who they generally are. And that's the problem with any discussion. It is one person in that group does something and the whole group gets tarred with the exact same brush. Stereotypes. Yeah, everything is stereotyped. But there has to be a reason for stereotypes. Well, to- to toxic be. masculinity is one. That's one that I heard the other day, which I've never heard of before. This men being overly, overly manly. I like Joe it, Rogan. Yeah, it's seen as offensive to certain women for whatever reason. I don't, I don't particularly understand why. But again, a small percentage of the female population see masculinity as toxic, and I don't, don't quite understand why. It's always the small extremes, though, mm. that get attention. But I don't know what toxic masculinity means. Why would that be? How is it toxic? I suppose you could go down to the testosterone route, because testosterone is known to make people more aggressive. Women have testosterone. They, they do, they? but yeah. very, very le- low levels, whereas men have high levels of testosterone. You've not met some of the women in Bolton, have They can bend steel like it's nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's supposed to go down to the aggression, and that's why men are supposed to be more aggressive than women is because of testosterone. I think we're just too quick in this day and age to label people yeah, and ridiculous. things and groups. Yeah. That's the problem here. It's half of the people wanting to label every situation and the other half are trying to move away from any form of labelling, including male and female. Oh, non-binary. Oh. They're going to start <laughs> on non-binary. It's person, though. Yeah. Biologically, you have to be one of the it, other. At, at the moment, it's fashionable to be offended at present. Yeah. It is fashionable yeah. Yeah. to mm. be offended. We have professionals. People are professionally offended at this point in time. That makes just no live sense. day to day well, trying to get offended. That's Ben's uh, topic he wants to discuss as well, hasn't turned up yet. <laughs> <laughs> just hasn't turned up. 
so which we'll talk about next week all like the Ben turns up we should go out next week <laughs> <laughs> but yeah everybody's professionally offended mm. yeah I can sort of understand to a certain extent there are some things that have that need to be brought up or addressed but not everything and not to certain extents mm. like the whole but where's the line in the sign well that's the issue you can't wait, you everyone's got everyone's different opinions got a different on it yeah. so it, you I can just never don't know when we stopped labelling the correct people with mental health issues that's the problem because that's another thing it's now fashionable to have a mental health issue so the people who genuinely are suffering with mental health issues are struggling in silence but because of the campaigns around it, you now have people who've had a bad week in work deciding that they are clinically depressed. Depressed is a word that gets yeah, banned in because it's a lot. Yeah. You're not depressed, you're sad. You've had a crap yeah. week in work. We've all been there. Yeah. You'll be happier next week. That's not depression. We're just living in labels and boxes and everybody's trying oh, to be shoved into right. a box. And we've all had days where we're feeling a bit down and sort of mm. depressed or whatever, but you, you don't realise what mental health is until you've had a real serious yeah. yeah. And a lot of people have. Heck's like one in four people, I think, don't know, some hard one in three, something like that. I had it for two days. And That's it scared the shit out of me. When I when about a couple of years ago when I had the um, high blood pressure issue and I was in hospital for a couple of days. Um, I had a couple of days after that where I, I don't know what had caused it, whether it was the tablets that had caused Probably, it, the blood yeah. pressure tablets or what, but I had a couple of days where I woke up and I was so upset that I'd woken up, that I was alive. And it was like, Christ, why am I alive? I don't want to be alive. Mm. Uh, but it only, it only lasted like a couple of days. And touch wood, it, it hasn't happened since. Probably the medication. Yeah. But, yeah. but it probably was that, that triggered that. But that when I look back on it it's still a horrible time to me and like people are going through this every day every day every week how do they it's peaks and yeah. troughs so sometimes how, do, like how do people cope with that mm. all the time some, some mornings you'll wake up and you feel like that and other mornings you'll wake up with no I issues. Think we're just so it's, peaks, it's peaks and troughs even, even like though even if you do suffer it you could do it for about five years and one for a year straight you'll feel like you want to kill yourself every day mm. and then the next year or the next few weeks after mm. that you'll be fine you'll feel like a, a brand new person and then you'll something will happen and you'll just drop back down again you'll feel like you want to kill yourself again. Do you think it's always always been there or yeah. is it just the way we live now? I, I think society has made it worse in the way and techno well, technology, everything around us has social made it worse. Social media has mm. made it worse. Yeah, social media has made it really so bad. So it wasn't really diagnosed then years ago even though no. it's always been yeah. there, it just wasn't diagnosed. Yeah, definitely. I, th I think it's, 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 oh, it's something that humans have to deal with all the time but it's got worse. It's the comparison, I think, now. People use social media to compare their lives to other people when you don't really need to. Like, Instagram is the picture-perfect platform where everyone takes a picture of their best moments. Yeah. So if you look at someone else's profile, you think, wow, they live a wonderful life. Well, that's one picture from two weeks. The rest of the two weeks, they could be, well, they could be anything, really, apart from picture-perfect. Monstrous. Yeah, exactly. You know, we all wait. Nobody looks great when they wake up in the morning. Nobody. Okay. I look like a goblin when I yeah, wake so up do I. in the morning. I'll be honest with you. You wake up and you think, do I really look like that? But that's absolutely right because that's exactly what I thought today. You know, sometimes when you sort of you've had a shower, you've done your hair, you're going out, you've got new clothes on, you think, yeah, you're looking good, Matt. And then you wake up the next morning, you think, Jesus, <laughs> your eyes are down here somewhere. It's like your eyes, you've got sleep in your eyes, you've been dribbling during the night, you're just like. <laughs> but nobody takes those types of pictures. It's always the perfect moments. And then, particularly younger kids, they grow up 
idolizing these people thinking that they live in the perfect life and they're never good enough to fulfill well to fulfill that and then they just grow well, up that's always, always been feeling there. inadequate people comparing the yeah. it's just not in as easy to access format yeah, like magazine that, covers and now it's you know magnify that by mm. a million with social media and everyone just feels yeah inadequate particularly young kids i feel sorry for them yeah, so all the pressure they're under now to, yeah. to live up to this certain standard to look a certain way. It's all I about feel likes. Sorry for the next generation. Yeah, I do. Because not only are they gonna feel inadequate against the airbrushed pictures and the Instagrams and the cyberbullying which now happens and trolling, but we're also conditioning the younger generation to move into a scenario where mental health is something that they should label themselves with. And having a mental health issue, we're we're creating an absolute monster for the next generation. They need, in some sense, they need to be like. Um, my dad was old school, like he never showed any sort of emotion or anything like that, and like it's gotten worse over generation. Like generations are opening up, but then it's getting to the point now where we're molly coddling kids. Telling them that they yes. can be whatever they want to be, and they really can't. Yeah, nobody can be whatever they want to be. No, only a very small be. percentage of people get that, and it's a, in a positive way. Yes, you want to encourage them to do the best that they can, but you can't give them it's the false to, sense of satisfaction that they can be whatever they want to be. It's got to be a point in their life. Yeah, where you can't can. tell them that you're, you're not going to make it that way. After you see their exam steps. results when they're like fourteen, you need to sit down with them and go, right, you're not going to be the president of the world. <laughs> How about Tesco? <laughs> and that's nothing to be ashamed of, you know. If, if they go into society with a full-time job, regardless of what that job is, and they're contributing, then that's fine. It's just giving them the expectations that, you know, working in Tesco, there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah. nothing wrong with working in McDonald's. There's nothing wrong with cleaning toilets. If a job needs to be done, someone needs to fulfill that role. And it doesn't matter who, who fills it. It's just people think... A lot of people are arrogant enough to think that those jobs are beneath them and they won't fulfill them. And then when they do take a job, they're never happy because they always think they can do better. And yes, some people you know, take those jobs out of necessity and do work their way up, but some people never move on from those roles, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just people think there is. It doesn't help though when schools from a very early age pretty much install until you have to go to university to become anything. Yeah, it's which is just absolute rubbish. You, you don't. don't. You don't, isn't but, it? I actually think we are moving away from that now. I think mm. back in I the day so. it was very my, much... My sister-in-law's going into... She's just doing her GCSEs now and all they're doing is pushing her to go to university. All they're doing. Mm, I think, but she, I think she doesn't know what she wants to do. She doesn't know if she wants to go to A-levels or she, and she's completely stressed out all the time about it. I think we have learned actually that university isn't always the best route. It's an institution to get money from students. It's an enjoyable experience is what it is. That's what university is. And that's what a lot of people see university as, an enjoyable experience. It does depend on what you personally want for your future. But we are no longer in an environment where having a degree dictates how far you could actually get in your totally, career. Totally agree with you, but it's tell the schools that. Because the schools don't have well, changed. It's like that, where, where we work now. I, I didn't go to university and I'm sitting next to people with university degrees doing exactly the same job as them. Mm. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't get a degree <laughs> from that. Like, so I got there without it and they're in the same place as me at the same age. Yeah. So, well, it, The logic is that if everyone gets a degree, it becomes meaningless. Only a small percentage of the people that actually then get degrees will go on into those specialised fields and everyone else will just end up 
going to work you know wherever they can out of it because they'll never go into the field so most companies and you know the ones we work in very little require specializations like if you're going to be a lawyer then yeah you've got to go to university and go down that route but if you want to work in an everyday company you don't you don't need qualifications start off at the bottom and work your way up mm. so most people do it's, the, it's probably the better way to do it if you leave school when you're 16 join as a service desk analyst or whatever it is after five years you've got five years of experience and you've got plenty comes down to knowing what you want to do then don't know yeah mm. like i if i wish i knew how i want to do this role when i just left school because i wouldn't Probably a lot higher than where I am now. But when you're when you're 16 to 18, you don't, you don't you have a clue no. what you want to do. You, yeah. Or you've just no. got into that age where you're starting to drink and have sex and all the other stuff, and that's all you think about. Then. You don't think about that. Yeah. Oh, you were 16. No, I'm just saying most people were. <laughs> <laughs> that's modern. I don't think it, I don't think it is. I think it's just ambition, and that's what you need. You don't need a piece of paper. You don't need a d- degree. That's irrelevant. It's all dependent on your ambition. That's True. what's going to drive yeah. your future. Did you have um, careers advisors? Yeah, yeah. They always told me to go to university. They They always told me to go to university. I I got pushed towards apprenticeships, which probably says something about how my school exam results went. But um, I wanted to do, when I was that age, I wanted to be a carpenter. And I was like, I really want to do carpentry. Work experience came up. They were like, "Uh, we can't put you in there. You're going to do engineering. You're going to do that for two weeks. And I'm like, well, what's that got to do with. And I went went to college and went to the college engineering department and just made some shoe ones for two weeks and then finished that and it was like right now what I don't I still don't know what I want to do <laughs> they don't teach you how to learn they teach you maybe it's just put all but, but the school I went to they'd give you a textbook go right there's there's the read there's the questions you just arbitrarily fill out whatever it is you do they're not teaching you how to learn the topic or why you should learn school to me is you go in they give you a framework how to learn they you learn what you want to be in life. They give you the framework to take that and then go off and be whatever it is you want to be rather than try and pigeonhole you into certain careers and just teach you things that you just don't need to know. Mm. I've never used algebra since I left school. Yeah. What I don't understand well, I don't is... Think it does. No. Why don't, they, why don't you, when you're 10, say, and you've developed and you know what skills you have and what you're good at, you start to know what you're good at, why don't they develop what you're good at individually yeah, that's what instead of just be. doing a uniform everybody needs to know all this it would be too much effort to do that because all everybody has a different skill set everybody learns at different paces so i understand why they have to have a standard curriculum do i think that curriculum works no do i think it's geared up to the real world absolutely not i mean at the end of the day what they should actually be teaching kids in schools is how to be financially sound how to prepare to get a mortgage how to be savvy with lending off banks. Those are the sort of skills they're missing in schools that they should be pushing. But you can develop a child from their 10. They're 10, they develop a skill, wonderful. You push them in that career path for the next 20 years. I'll be honest with you, I'm 30. Only in the past three or four years have I actually decided what I want to do. Because you're always changing your mind. What happens if they pigeonhole you at 10 because this is your skill set, this is the career path for you, and actually when you get there and you reach that goal after 15 years of hard slog, you go, do you know what, actually, now I'm sitting here, now I'm doing it, now it's practical, I don't actually enjoy it. This is why so many people in university switch their courses. 
because they go into university and then go, actually, now I'm here, now I'm sitting and looking at this. I don't really want to do this. This isn't what's making me happy. I've made a decision when I'm a little bit younger, have less maturity. This is what I thought I wanted. Now I'm a bit older. It's actually not what I want at all. So I think it'd be silly to pigeonhole. No, I'm not saying you have to pigeonhole. Just develop the things they're good at. If they are absolutely terrible about maths, I do fundamental maths and never do any more. I don't need to learn algebra and stuff. I'm really good at maths. Teach me more maths. You know, so not necessarily pigeonhole someone. Just I, th- I think the maths, English and science is a staple that everyone needs. You need to have yeah. that. After that, though, shouldn't it just be experience? So at the age of like 14, send them out to different places. Do like two weeks here, two weeks there, and then they'll find which route they like and what they like to do. You can't do that in this day and age, though, because of the way people are, because of the way the world is. You can't send... The, if you think of all the paperwork, what parent is going to go, yeah, you go and send my 14-year-old female, maybe, or male to a female environment with loads of people that I don't know for three weeks and you're not going to security clear any of them, you're not going to check their backgrounds, you could be sending them into a dangerous and harmful environment. We're in also in a time where suing schools and suing people and, you know, that that is acceptable for people. It is the school, a school's responsibility to make sure a child is being cared for in those school hours. How could you really do that on a mass scale? It would be incredibly difficult. Would be, but I can't see any other way of doing it at the moment because kids are leaving school have no so idea where they want to go. What what's the, what's the difference? What what's 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 so big a difference about two years later when they're sixteen and go and get a job? Yeah, it's an arbitrary number, really. Mm. It is, it's, you know, but it's it, it's society in general. They're all. I think we're really weak as a society. We get in a kerfuffle over the smallest things. Like when I, I used to catch the bus to school when I was seven on my own. I wasn't allowed in the house on the weekend when my dad was watching football because he'd work 12-hour shifts in the steelworks, come home, first football on. I wasn't allowed in the house. He was like, get out mm. for the rest of the day. So I'm seven yeah. years old. I'm not allowed in my own house because I'm not wanted because my parents, that's their time. You know, wander wherever I wanted. Now... I can't even imagine anything like that. The kids have probably got... They've probably been tracked wherever they go. Their parents can see exactly where they are. Yeah. I don't think kids would be allowed past the end of their street without someone calling the national news because their child's gone to the shop. Mm. It's unbelievable. It bleeds into the rest of society then about kids not being allowed to venture off themselves to do whatever they want. But that's that's part of how society has moved on since it's, it's then. Terrible. Like. When I was growing up, you could leave your, your door open all day on your street. Yeah, we used to. In the, the summer, summer our door was always open. Yeah. Just so we could come in and out. Society's different, so the rules have to be different. The neighbours would come in and talk to my parents. They'd have a barbecue out in the back. All the doors were open. Mm. Never used to lock anything. So anyone anyone in the street could just come in and out, and they would be happily welcomed. Now, I've seen people with, like, three locks on their doors. Their windows are bolted shut. It's just it's mad. I mean, society needs to... Bars, security guards. Yeah, yeah. Bars yeah my mother's like that. She's got CCTV cameras. She's got a house alarm. She's got cameras in her house that she can pick up her phone and speak through the cameras. And just like that's that. That's mad. That's like crazy. I got a cat, and my cat is rubbish. <laughs> so if someone robs my house, they can take whatever they want. I'm the same though with dogs. The only way my dog's going to help me in that situation is if I pick them up and throw them at anybody yeah. who breaks into my house. That is it. So, um, I, I've got to ask Carl here, what are you expecting your cat to do? Well, 
Yeah, it's a house yeah, cat. It's a cat. <laughs> I mean, it is a house cat. cat. It's part ragdoll, which is probably my fault. So, if any, well, classic example last night. I know it deviates from the topic. I came downstairs to lock up last night before I went to bed. There was three cats in my living room. Going through your wallet. There was three. Ca- I walked into the living room. There was three cats. So looking at me. I only own one. Which one was yours? So my cat had not only let three other cats into the house. They were all just sitting there going, can, can I help you? Whereas a normal cat would sort of fend them off and defend the property. But no, my cat was having God knows what they were doing, to be honest, in my I wanna, I want them to be playing poker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they were, I would be sitting here right now, to be honest. There's a cat orgy in yeah. Carl's living room. <laughs> but it just goes back to the way that, that we treat children these days. I know that at a certain age, children are children, but they need to grow up fairly early. They don't, they don't need to be mollycoddled because then they, they grow up into really sensitive adults, mm. which then causes all these problems with the workplace and mental health issues because, God forbid, they have a bad day and suddenly they're depressed. And there's that, you know, in our job, there's that mental health course. If you go on that, you do delve into the true meanings of some of these words that get banded around willy nilly all the time. And it all starts from the kids at a young age. If they're not brought up properly, they turn into these over-reliant adults. But what's properly? Well, I think that's every a, child a, should break, have the risk yeah. of breaking their face at least like seven yeah. or eight times in their childhood. A day. Like, a yeah, day, yeah. Like, <laughs> you get thrown out. So what if you cut yourself? So what if you fall out of a tree? So what if you break your arm, break your leg? That's how you learn in life. And yeah. this whole giving kids things, this stresses me out. Kids should have chores. I'm sorry. A child from a young age should be taught that in order to receive something, you have to work for it. You have to play for them because that's the world of work. You can't hand the kids things, keep them wrapped up in cotton wool in the house until they're 16 and then expect them to go out into the world and be fantastic human beings who are capable to manage everyday situations because it's impossible. Real life clouts them when Mm. they leave school. They... They've been told all through their schooling career that they're special, they can do whatever they want. They walk out in the real world and the real world goes, you're not special, you're not unique in any way, you're just going to fill a role like everyone else. And it sounds harsh, but that's what the workplace is. 99% of us will have jobs for the rest of our lives, where the 1% of people that produce all the services will be the rich ones, and we're just filling the role that needs to be filled. Okay, so that brings me to this question. Should a bloke be expected to pay? <laughs> <laughs> we did get a bit off topic. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> good topic, though. That was a good topic. I know. I, I enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, we took the red pill on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we did, didn't we? So in conclusion, I think that actually it's down to personal preference. It's down to the man's choice. It's down to the woman's choice. But every woman should go into a date expecting to pay a minimum of 50% of the meal. If they choose not to have a second date based on the fact they've had to pay 50%, that's down to them. I think I agree with that. Yeah, I agree mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Carl. Yeah, agree. Scott, agree. Scott's still awake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll all agree this down to the uh, individual and, and the scene at the time then. Super. That was a really enjoyable conversation. <laughs> that was. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bloody Thank you kids. very much. Thank you very much, gentlemen, and goodbye.